Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Damn, what a time to be live. Saturday edition. Saturday edition, yeah. We got a little bonus episode for y'all because we just like y'all that much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so originally this is going to be just kind of tacked on the Last of Us episode, but um, Lucas... It was such a long Chambers recording. and um, producer Sam just kind of went after it and had a had a really long recording. So we thought, you know what, we'll keep this one timely, keep it around the time the Oscars, you know, are out, and um, just give you all a fun little bonus episode for your Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, we we recorded, you know, an Oscars reaction. You know, it's no secret that we love film and movies on this podcast and TV too, as uh, we talked about the Last of Us episode this week, and. Uh, you know, me, producer Sam Chambers, uh, just kind of went at it and had our Oscars reaction earlier in the week and uh, definitely wanted to get it out this week. Matt, favorite movie this year or this Oscar season? Of the ones that were nominated for be- Best Picture, it is honestly pretty tough between, you know what? I'm not even, gonna, I'm just going to own it. I fucking loved Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like such, such an opinion. asshole for not picking everything everywhere all at once. Which I did see, and it was very, very good. It was very, very good. I loved it. And honestly, like the best, like, screenplay, probably like best movie, like objectively, but the the theater experience of Top Gun Maverick was just so fun that, like, it, it kind of remains undefeated for me. And <laughs> I, I love also, this take so much. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't know. Everything ever all at once is like, very, very good, but it's also kind of sad in some ways, too. Um, so it like hit me kind of hard, especially at the time I watched it that this year. But um, both good movies, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely top. Wow, wow, me. yeah, bro. Like, yeah. you can't watch that movie and not just be like, all right, like, where's like the where, where's the army recruitment or like air force recruitment center? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not necessarily a good thing, though. It's not good, I mean, but like, man, does it make you feel that way? Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. You watched All Quiet on the Western Front too. I think you're one. You and me are the only people I personally know that actually watched that movie. Which I did. Is crazy. Yeah, All Quiet on the Western yeah. Front. That was a good one. Um, I had actually watched the. I think there was one that came out in like the 30s. I want to say um, that I watched as well. That was great. Um, so it was really fun to see you know the new rendition on it. And you know I'm um, I watch a lot of war movies. I'm always interested. I'm just I'm that guy. <laughs> Sue me. You're that. I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> You love war. I love. I, just, I, I love it. I, I love you know military contractors. It's all <laughs> it's my go-to. <laughs> um, so, All Quiet on the Western Front is great because for those that aren't aware, it's like it is a war movie, but it's meant to be taken as more of an anti-war movie that shows just how horrible it all is. And I think it does a very good job of that. Um, Agree with you there. Very very good. It you know kind of is all awful. <laughs> Great movie, but like war is awful. Um, and then the Fablemans and Elvis. I saw actually I saw more this year than I realized. I saw the Fablemans. Fablemans is a great. And then I saw Elvis too, which I loved. Um, Austin Butler. Butler. Right? I loved his yeah. performance, but I wasn't that impressed with the movie overall. Tom Tom Hanks character kind of so bad. Yeah, I don't know if he movie. just had bad direction or like it was the performance, but. Not, not, not great. great. I not agree. Great. I agree. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with bad direction because we know Tom Hanks is a good actor. Um, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed pretty much every movie on the best picture list, and I, I said this in the recording with Chambers and Doogie, which we'll uh, we'll hit the play button on here in a moment. But I I think that it, what's cool about this Oscars is it's it's so populist. Like for for a, once in a really long time, the thing that won best picture was a movie that a lot of people saw this past year. Yeah. Like a lot of people saw, heard about it. It's on their list. They want to watch it. They know somebody who watched it. I mean, you think back to the last couple of years, like I didn't watch Coda. I don't know anybody that watched Coda. Nomadland, barely I, anybody I knew watched Nomadland too. If you go back a few years, Moonlight was a big winner over, like this would have been what would happen if like La La Land had won, right? Where it was just such a beloved movie by a mass amount of people. But that year, Moonlight won. Right. So it's I think that for the first time we're seeing not for the first time, but the first time in a long time, we saw an Oscars best picture winner that just it was such a popular, beloved movie. And if you were watching the Oscars at the time, every single moment that anybody from anything from everywhere all at once was nominated or shown in a montage or shown on screen on stage, 
every, you heard the crowd. There was just such popular demand and excitement for everything everywhere. So yeah. it was cool that it won. I loved it. We talked about it with Chambers and producer Sam, and I'm just excited to dive into it for the good people here. Yeah, I'm really, really glad too that um, uh, am I am I allowed to like talk about them all right now, like the winners? Oh yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah, I'm really glad to see that best actress got was Michelle Yeoh. If I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, Yeoh. You are. And then um, supporting actor Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. Excuse me. Um, so so happy they both won. I mean, you know, Kwan. I, I saw like I didn't watch Oscars themselves, but I saw like his reactions and everything, and like him and Harrison Ford having like a big hug. It was just so cool. Yeah, and so then, crazy. Um, Michelle was just incredible in that movie, and you know. Um, deserves every every ounce of praise that she's gotten for that. And I hope she has, I hope her and really everyone involved in that film just has so many more opportunities for them moving forward because um, they all deserve the world after after that movie and uh, and those performances. But, you know, yeah. one one Quick. big missing point for me on this is I didn't have the chance to see Banshees of Inishirin yet. You so would love that movie. That You'd is love that, movie so much. that is pretty high on my list. Um, Barry, what's the guy? Barry, like? Barry Keegan. Barry the Keegan's on bad there. Bad guy in Killing of a Sacred Deer. The that kid. Little, little freak is in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after watching that movie, um, I've only seen him in three things. Killing of a Sacred Deer, Eternals, and... Um, Batman? And Batman, where he has like a cameo as the Joker. So I, I'm really curious to see more of his... his uh, his uh his breadth as an actor yeah. because i've seen him play like a pretty standard not really standard but marvel character you know it's kind of cookie cutter to an extent and then and then he plays two little freaks so yeah i'd love dude, to see it, his role and what he does in that movie because yeah i've heard incredible things about that movie banshees is awesome i like if it was any other year i probably would be pulling more for banshees or tar uh for best picture and barry keegan is like one of my new favorite actors after watching Banshees and watching Killing of a Sacred Deer. Colin Farrell's in Banshees as well, right? Yeah, he is. I really like him Pretty interesting. He's great. He was, and he was nominated too. Um, and he, and it was a well-deserved nomination. So it was, it was just great acting all around. You know, one, one thing that was kind of funny this year was like a lot of people said like with both Blonde, which was a movie that a lot of people didn't like, but they loved Anna de Armas in the movie. Um, and then Elvis, you know, a lot of people didn't like Elvis as a movie, but they loved Austin Butler in the movie. I thought that was a little bit of an interesting pattern this year. And then just the performances we got out of everybody, I feel like for these Oscar noms were, were awesome. The kid in All Quiet on the Western Front was amazing. And that was yeah. his first movie, really? you know, and I like that. He didn't get a nomination for that. That was a miss. But uh, I think he has a huge bright future ahead of him. And so uh, does absolutely. like Barry Keegan. And so does like Kiwi Kwan and like everybody that everybody that got nominated, I think um, there's a lot of first timers and it's it's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I do need to watch still as well. Um, the Whale. Yeah, I want to watch that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was an exciting uh, recording that we did. And uh, hopefully everybody can enjoy and relate and talk movies in the uh, Discord server. And Matt, it. The Discord server, I just, I keep forgetting how people could find Woo! it. Oh, man. So if you want, you can go to our link tree link. Actually, I don't know what the link tree link is. You can go to our <laughs> social media <laughs> handles uh, at TFU Podcasts. That's at TFU Podcasts with an S at the end. And in those social media handles, you can find a link to our link tree. In our link tree, you'll find links to all of our good stuff, our YouTube, um, any of the other social media handles, our website, and most importantly, the Discord. The Discord is a great place to come hang out, talk shop about video games, pop culture, movies, really kind of anything going on in the zeitgeist. Um, keeping, you know, get a little weird in there if you want. Yeah, you know, I'm open to anything. So coming out the Discord, it's a good time. <laughs> you can also find the link on our website, thanks for playing.live, or as well, you can go ahead and shoot us an email at thanks for playing pod at gmail.com and i will personally send you a invite to the discord as well as with a selfie um no one's no one's taking <laughs> no me one's up taking on you up yet. on that no yet, one's taking yeah. me up on that yet so go ahead and do that you'll get a lovely selfie back from me and uh yeah come hang out it's a good time best place to reach myself and lucas as well if you want to talk shop about whatever and uh it's fun stuff all right well let's get to it awesome enjoy the episode everyone Right, so we're here to talk Oscars reactions with Chambers and producer Sam. 
Uh, what up, boys? Producer Sam, I feel like it's been a while since you've been on. It's been a while. Um, I know that we did the King of Kong episode, which I don't think has come out yet, but that was recorded a while ago. So I officially haven't been on in a long time. So happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And Chambers, uh, Chambers, you just recently started coming on as a contributor for TFP. So this is probably your second recording going on, um, depending on where we splice this in. But say what up to the good people. What's up, everybody? This is my second time on. Um, I whooped Lucas's ass in Mario Kart yesterday. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's, we can move on from that right away. Uh, so, so yesterday, uh, something happened. I, did, I, I didn't get my ass whooped, but something else happened yesterday, and that was the 95th Oscars Academy Awards Woo. here in Los Angeles. Um, you know, we talk, we talk about movies a lot on this podcast. Um, you know, Matt and I make references. We, we obviously just talked about the last of us TV show and just general entertainment media is something that we like to cover. And we would feel weird if we didn't cover the Oscars 2023, especially since, you know, we have producer Sam on who actually is an editor director, um, and has been on the podcast in the beginning. Um, him and I, for those of you that don't know, make short films together that I also write and act in and also Matt and has acted in some of our stuff. So we're, we're filmmakers, bona fide for sure. And um, we have something to say about the Oscars um, 2023, 95th. Uh, Lots to say. Guys, initial reactions. Did, you, did we watch the whole thing? Did we watch did we watch the whole thing? Chambers, how much of it did you see? Did you watch the pre-show? I watched about, the dresses? No. I watched like 15 minutes of it. It happened to be 15 <laughs> minutes where Pedro Pascal came out. So that was cool. Oh, um, hell yeah. Okay. But not, it made me, yeah, it, I'll, I'll get into it later, but that's all I all I watch. Okay, okay. You'll be the straight man in this podcast recording then. Uh, Producer Sam, you watched the whole thing. I know that. Who wore the best dress? Oh, wow. Who wore the best dress? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> Just um, want to hit you with a, with a curveball right away. Um, what's her name's dress? Uh, is it Zoe? Uh, Zoe Saldano? Am I saying it right? You, are you thinking of Janelle Monet? No, I'm thinking of uh, she. Are you thinking of Michelle Yeoh? No, no. <laughs> She's in. She was in Avatar. Are you confusing Zoe? Are you confusing Zoe with Jamie Lee Curtis again? Oh, oh yeah. okay. I didn't see her dress. Yeah, yeah. It was like kind of like a hipster, like organic type made dress, but it was really cute. Um, I think I I I prefer that over like the crazy cool uh, Gucci designer stuff. I thought her dress was just like very uh you know like humble i so yeah i I liked hers the best so so let's get into it a little bit in terms of like you know what what went on with the host (laughs) how many will smith references we really saw throughout the whole oscar ceremony i think there was four that i counted um jimmy kimmel was hosting this one did you like jimmy kimmel yeah i liked him a lot actually i thought he was really funny um I don't know if I've ever actually I remember him hosting one, but uh this time around it was it was really funny, kind of no holds bar. Um and yeah, I th- I just I thought he did a great job. What about what about you, Lucas? Yeah. Same um, he <laughs> Well, his opening monologue, yeah, same Z's. I think it's like you know, it's funny because I saw for some reason in my head I thought that Jimmy Fallon was hosting until yesterday when oh. I looked it up. And I was like, oh, cool, like super safe Jimmy Fallon's going to just like, you know, say wholesome jokes and make everybody laugh. And then we looked it up and it was Jimmy Kimmel. And I was like, oh, OK, well, there's going to be a little bit more rough and tumble jokes that are going to be thrown out here. So let's see how this goes. And <laughs> dude, he made a Scientology joke that like, holy shit, I can't believe he made that joke where he said like something about Tom Cruise. And he said, L. Ron Hubba Hubba. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, man, look at that guy, yeah, L. Ron I Hubba Hubba. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh shit, dude! He really did that." So that was cool. Um, did you hear? And did you he hear also him? Said, "Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead." I think it's something about like, um, "Oh, what does the Academy think? This person's a woman." Oh was he, yeah, were you gonna say that joke? No, 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 no. That one, that one was, <laughs> yeah. The, all, I guess the women were mainly clapping too, so they thought it was funny. 
So I guess that no, it was a joke. It was it was a pro. Well, it was a joke about how women are not as are rarely nominated for certain categories. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like, oh, why did this get nominated? Well, the Academy think I'm a woman, or I forget the specifics of who was the butt of the joke. But it was a good, it was a good joke. No, I was talking about but the uh, edgy. I guess I was talking about the Babylon joke. Do you remember that? Where he's like, he's like, oh, dude, he just shat on Babylon. Yeah, it was just completely shat like. On it. He's like, I like TV, but movies can do something that TV can never do, and that's lose a hundred million dollars. Anyone here that worked on Babylon? <laughs> and the whole crowd is just like, Oh! <laughs> I was like, Damn! Oh, yeah! It was like a low yeah. blow type thing. Yeah, that everybody was, was like, Oh, that was yeah. that was pretty funny. Not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you do need uh, and that then he, from the host, though. Like, imagine if Jimmy Fallon was the host; that would have been the, the shittiest host of all time. <laughs> Come on, Chambers. He's not. He's not that bad. He's, dude, he's trash, bro. Watch his. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. I like. I. I, I like. The truth. I like he's Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you know. You know what was cool too. There was. A, there was also a Kimmel Matt Damon joke, which was really cool. I don't know if you guys caught that. Oh, or they have like a highlight. rivalry, right? Yeah, it's like a. Who knows if it's really real at this point? But it's like, you know, they're just. They, you know about that one, right, producer Sam? No, no. What? What is it? So Jimmy Fallon and Matt Damon have a huge rivalry, but like Kimmel, the rivalry is like, oh, I said Jimmy Fallon again, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and <laughs> uh, Matt Damon have like a rivalry. And basically it's, it's like he'll book Matt Damon on his show and then he'll bump him. Like he'll, he'll end the show without bringing him on. So Matt Damon will come there, sit in the green room, sit backstage, like <laughs> get ready to go out. And then he'll just go like, all right, that's our show, everybody. And then Matt Damon can't go out and promote his thing. And he's done that to him like multiple times. What? And like, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> but it's fun. It's like a joke. It's oh, like, there was, okay. It started off. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chambers. I was going to say there was even an episode where I think Matt Damon like kidnapped Jimmy Kimmel and like hosted the show for an episode. Oh, yeah. I think so, I remember yeah, that yeah, actually. Comedic exactly. rivalry. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and like, there's always like a thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Sorry, we didn't have time for Matt Damon. You know, blah blah blah. And then like, it would just move on. It was kind of just like an off joke. But at the Oscars last night, he said he was doing like crowd work, and he like brought the mic up, and he he was like asking people questions, and he asked Jessica Chastain a question. He's he said something like, "Yeah, Matt Damon, is it weird that he likes to you know take dog medicine and eat peanut butter?" he just like shat on him super quick and it was i was like oh yeah they have a rivalry of course he's like gonna work that in yeah like work in some matt damon hate that was pretty great that's good um yeah overall you know pretty it's funny how like weirdly safe jimmy kimmel even feels as a host where it's like he really wasn't up that much throughout the whole show i feel like he actually i mean he was up in between like maybe three presenters at a time. So there'd be like two or three presenters that would go up to a thing. Then he'd come up. Um, and, you know, he just he just did like some regular stuff. He did like some crowd work. He said some funny jokes. He said a few like kind of edgy jokes. But overall, like, come on, it wasn't it wasn't crazy. It and wasn't. I think that was what yeah. The Academy really wanted this year. It wasn't crazy. It was it was pretty. It was just enough, I would say. Nothing was super overboard. Obviously, some of the Will yeah. Smith stuff, you're like, oh, wow. Uh, they were burning them pretty hard, but yeah, other than that, it was, it was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I thought, I don't know. Yeah. So, so let's talk through, uh, let's just start with best picture nominees and what we saw this year. Mm-hmm. So I saw everything except for Avatar, the way of water. Mm-hmm. I saw, uh, tar, uh, banshees, everything everywhere all at once. Um, what else did I see? What what else was nominated? Fablemans. Oh, I saw the Fablemans. Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Fa- um, and I think that's it. I didn't. I don't. I didn't see uh, Avatar, Top Gun, or uh, Elvis, or yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front. Or All or All Quiet on the Western Front yeah. is the other one as well. Or yeah, women women talking. Oh, and women talking. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there was nine or so, eight. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> I thought there was there only is eight. Ten. But, oh, there's ten. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I only saw five. There's ten. Yeah. Yes. Did they expand it? Has it always been this long of a list? It it got expanded in I think 2012, and it's remained that way. But in the more more recent years, it has not been ten. But that was COVID. That was because of COVID oh, mostly. Okay. Because like there just wasn't ten 
there wasn't 10 pictures to put on, to put on there basically. Um, so I wanted to talk through, through the movies in general for, for me, uh, I'm, I'm quite a bit like less critical on movies these days than I used to be. And I, I think I found positive responses for myself with every best picture nominee that I watched. Um, even Elvis, which n- seemed like nobody really liked that much. I actually, you know, really dug that movie quite a bit. Um, I really, really enjoyed Triangle of Sadness quite a bit. I loved Banshees and I, I just don't fully disagree. I just, I don't disagree with the choice to go with everything everywhere all at once for the best picture winner. I just think it's the one, um, this year it's kind of a big moment, but, uh, producer Sam, I mean, talk through some of the best picture nominees you saw. You, yeah. You like I mean, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was good. Every, Anybody got takes. Everything was, was good. You know, I mean, I guess I wasn't the biggest fan of tar, uh, just uh, for reasons of subject matter, but I know that it was a really good film, uh, really well written, well directed, um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people loved it. Um, obviously, Banshees is amazing. Um, I love Martin McDonough. Um, I love his style, and I love his actors. I think his actors are amazing, uh, specifically Barry Keegan. Uh, shouts out to Barry. I think he's amazing. One of my favorites. Love Barry. And um, yeah, Triangle of Sadness is amazing too. Um, I know you, Lucas, you had been recommending me to watch that for a long time. And it went straight to Criterion Collection right when it came out. <laughs> like a day later. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. That was super cool. But yeah, uh, you know, obviously uh, Dolly De Leon. Uh, didn't get nominated. She should have been nominated for sure. Uh, she's kind of like the third act of that movie and, and kind of is the redeeming factor to that crazy, the craziness and the, um, you know, like absurdity of the film. Um, but it's, I, I think it's a really genius film as well. Um, and, uh, Fablemans is just like kind of a feel good, like classic Spielberg. That's, pretty um you know i I feel like that film really like adapted to the times very well too and kind of like had a had its spielbergness but also felt pretty modern even though it was kind of like an older story so i i mean that film is obviously really good too especially david lynch john ford at the end can't really beat that um and uh that was really great which one what, what else am i missing i feel like i talked about four Oh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, yeah. I like I said. Uh, yeah, I, I I was talking to you earlier, Lucas, and I I think that the Academy uh, made the right choice. And you know, when when people are looking at Best Picture list twenty years from now, and they're like a young kid, and they're like, oh, I've never seen that movie. I should watch it. It's definitely gonna, you know, um, kind of be one of those timeless films that just kind of blows you away at its first viewing. So I think it's well-deserved for sure. Yeah. I've, I've thought about this quite a bit and chambers. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once? Yeah. Yeah. I cried when I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I cried too. I love this movie. Um, I actually had the real privilege of seeing it at the director's guild here in Los Angeles. And I saw a Q and a afterwards with the Daniels. Big flex. Um, (laughs) And they just small flex. Uh, they they are exactly any red carpet thing you see about them any press you see of them they are just like that um even in a room with no cameras and no press or anything like that they're just excited young guys hyper creative really funny really cool um you know have real like real backgrounds as filmmakers like in in an acting sense in like a camera work sense i mean they really are just holistic filmmakers they're they're awesome awesome dudes um I loved everything everywhere all at once. I think what makes it really special, it's, this isn't, I, I hate to make it sound like I'm given some sort of crazy hot take, but my, my quote hot take for this whole thing is I do feel like there's like a fervor that has come with this film that maybe has overshadowed a little bit of what was great this year. For instance, the big thing, like Jamie Lee Curtis won best supporting actress for her role in everything everywhere all at once. I'm pretty blown away by that. That was, that um, was a terrible win. That was the, probably the worst I think one. that, yeah, I think everybody's pretty much in agreement with that that I've talked to is just like, really? Like, 
I mean, Angela Bassett was on there for Wakanda Forever. Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inisherin was on there. Hong Chow for The Whale. And Stephanie Sue. I mean, if you're going to give supporting actress to another female actress in Everything Ever at Once, how is it not Stephanie yeah, Sue? That's that was thing. a little strange. How did no women in Women Talking or Tar get nominated? Like, there was powerful, incredible female supporting actress roles this last year. And Jamie Lee Curtis got it, which was basically just like a comic relief. Yeah. Like, I, li- I, I liked her. It was definitely. It blew my mind. No, I saying, I'm saying that I liked her in the movie. I think she was funny. It was cool that she was funny as opposed to like this kind of like horror queen, uh, tropey like person that she usually is. Like, but it, yeah, I mean, there were definitely, I mean, the daughter was obviously way better. <laughs> than her in the film but that's just my my humble opinion yeah she's not even the the best person like best supporting actress in the movie like that's nominated (laughs) that's that's ridiculous um it definitely felt like uh, probably the academy was like we like we like jimmy lee curtis we'll give this one to her um that was a big thing yeah i think it it was like yeah it was it was like her speech kind of felt Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so, no, you're good. You're good. Because uh, I just watched The Goonies again. It was like if you gave like Chunk best supporting actor. Um, like <laughs> I love that. That's I, like, dang, I, would, I would totally. I'm all for that. <laughs> the truffle, great, truffle. Great analogy there, Chambers. Thank unbeatable. you. Unbeatable. Hell yeah. 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 I um, I was gonna say I, I felt I like. Think- sorry, we're lagging out. Lagging out a bit. I was gonna say sorry, Lucas. I felt like her speech was like a little bit like pretty like pretty well acted in a weird way too that I rewatch, I resaw it and I watched it again and it was like, I don't know, something about it just felt a little bit ingenuine. I mean, just because I mean, everyone else who won on, on the movie was so genuine and so heartfelt. I felt like hers was a little bit like, uh, ho- hokey. I don't know if that's the right word, but anyways, no, yeah, no hate. I, I don't want to really just, hate. It's, Cause yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, I'm not trying to hate either. I think it is like a, the narrative is like everything everywhere all at once is here. It's like, you know, you got these two guys, it's their second movie, The Daniels. And it's like a, it's literally like every story that you could possibly kind of wrap in one. It's a comeback story with data from The Goonies and short round from freaking uh, Indiana Jones, like in Kiwi Kwan. It's a, it's finally her time story with Michelle Yeoh. It is a finally a sci-fi, like a crazy comical cartoony sci-fi movie. It's like weird. It is like genre-y. It's like, it's so many like little narratives for the Academy kind of wrapped in one that Jamie Lear Curtis has to win it, right? Because it's like, it's finally her time too to be in like this crazy genre movie. Um, And she's mostly done like horror through a lot of her career. And she gets to finally get her time on that stage with that award. Um, Even though like almost I I think you could ask a lot of people that watched the movies this year that went that went to the movies and watched all these that there was a lot of women one that didn't get nominated. And of the women nominated, (laughs) I think there were some better choices. She won. Yeah. Um, Yeah, she won. Um, Okay, so I wanted to jump to uh, we're going to jump around a little bit here and talk about um, screenplay and adapt the robberies real quick. So we talked about this earlier, producer Sam. For best screenplay, everything everywhere all at once also took this category. And raise your hand if you've seen Banshees of Inisherin and you thought it should have won best screenplay. Fuck yeah, Kings. Okay. We in here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I We're all raising I'm, our hands. <laughs> I I I get yeah, we are. We are. I <laughs> and get you can't it. see us. Again, but. like what I said. What I said is, you know, like I, like I just mentioned is I think there's a fervor about everything everywhere that is totally earned, totally valid, but man, it, the Banshee screenplay is just, it's so good. And I think it should have won yeah. uh, for best screenplay. I didn't even realize it when I was watching it because I was so kind of caught up in all the wins. It was like, oh shit, they're winning again. They're, I didn't really think twice maybe maybe about the jamie lee curtis one but like when they won for screenplay i was like oh yeah that's crazy they actually wrote that movie and just completely blocked out of my mind banshees until you brought it up to me and i was like oh yeah that is uh that's uh 
probably wrong, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a part, it's a part of the narrative, right? It's almost like the Academy is, um, its own little universe, its own little movie when you watch these awards. Right. So, um, it has to, it has to have a Hollywood ending, you know? So can I, yeah. can I also ask you guys as a non filmmaker, like what, what, <laughs> what is like best original s- screenplay compared to like best picture? Like how can you explain to me how those are actually different? Cause I've never understood that. Well, well, it usually they usually go hand in hand for one. So you know, there's this whole thing in the academy where if you there's certain awards that are in, indicators for the big one, which is best picture. So if you win like best director or you win best screenplay, there's a very very high chance that you're probably going to take home best picture. Yeah, right. And screenplay is like when you read a screenplay or you sit down and you kind of like take a look at it, it's it is its own real medium, right? Like if you were to sit down and you were to read the Everything Everywhere All at Once screenplay you you will see some genius in the writing of the screenplay and like the direction that's given and the script that's given and what it can convey without the need for visuals or visual effects or actors or anything like that. And that's what makes a really, really great screenplay. And, you know, there's like, obviously dialogue is like the main driver of a screenplay. And, you know, that's one of the things that really shines through. But a screenplay is more than just simple dialogue. It's like direction. It is like action. And it's all these different things. And I, I just, Producer Sam, you want to have anything to add for that before I keep advocating yeah, for Banshee's I, um, Yeah, I basically, um, I had worked for this editor. His name was Curtis Clayton. Uh, shout out Curtis if you ever happen to listen to this pod. Um, and he had edited some really great films. And one of them was To Die For, a 1995 movie by Gus Van Sant, uh, starring Nicole Kidman. Uh, and um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a young boy. Um, and it was written by a famous uh, screenplay writer named Buck Henry. And he, when Curtis told me about the movie he i had to copy some uh some of the pages at work because he also taught at um usc i believe and so i copy these pages and i i read the screenplay before i watched the movie and what he was saying was oh this is a perfect example of how the screenplay differs from the actual movie so i was interested to see how it translated and the movie was exactly like the screenplay i had no idea what he was talking about (laughs) um but all that to say is that um you know it's you're right lucas it's like um the the screenplay is so important and it's an it's an instruction manual on how to how to shoot the film how to direct the actors how to go from scene to scene um and you know it's like uh I, i feel like screenplays are very are very visual you know so um you know, if you have a poor script, you're you're probably gonna have a bad movie. Um, so yeah, I, I think the difference is just kind of the art artistry of um, being a good screenwriter, and um, I guess just being a good director, which is um, what what I guess the 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 good the good directors know that they need a good screenplay, and they'll exercise a good writer or the, or they'll just write it themselves if they're good enough at writing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think I wonder like then the like big difference. Does the, I wonder, I, I guess the Academy like actually like gets a copy of each screenplay and has to actually like read it or at least they should. I don't know if they yeah, actually do. I mean, they should, they, they, everyone should do they these don't. kinds of things. They yeah, fucking I mean, don't. The, the thing, it's it's the kind of thing, like, okay, so for, let's say there's a best costume category, right? Or there's best hair and makeup. Like, the costume designers that are in the academy that work professionally on costumes, like, ideally, they see the costumes, they get a chance to understand how they were made, they understand the process, and, like, all that goes into what you might do when you vote for best costume design, right? As somebody in the academy that knows costume design. Right. So if you're a screenwriter, you're in the academy, you know, screenwriting, you read a screenplay and you go, yeah, you know what? You know, this one, this is the one, this is the one I want to, I want to root for here. Um, that's what, that's what it comes down to. Um, best adapted screenplay in women talk. You guys didn't see women talking, huh? I'm the only I didn't one. see it. I didn't see it. I'm yeah. the only ally here. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I only watch okay. uh, right. movies with all men. Okay. I <laughs> encourage. Masculine men. Yeah. I encourage everybody listening to this podcast and you too to check out Women Talking. It's a fabulous movie. It's really, really good. It's just people talking, specifically women. I saw it in the theaters Sick. with Katie and I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was really, really, I actually liked it more than Katie. Okay. So how's that for being an ally? <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds, um, sounds that, performative. Uh, I was, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, uh, in terms of like best adapted screenplay, there honestly wasn't some heavy hitters in here. For some reason, Top Gun Maverick was in there as best adapted screenplay. And was that a book or All something? Quiet on the West. What? Yeah, 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 was I that think, is well, that a book can, beforehand? I, I it's think like Heat Two, Michael Mann, adapted, or what? Because also, <laughs> Glass, Glass Onion is also on here too as best adapted screenplay. So I think sequels jump in here because they're not technically original at that point. Oh, uh, okay. So we got that. Um, okay, let's jump to some big ones. Uh, cinematography. Producer Sam, you're a cinematography guy. Would you say? Uh, yeah, I like cinematography. I like cinematographers. I think they're great. Um, yeah. I, I One thing, <laughs> I never saw... Um, did any of you guys see the Batman? I did. Okay. Uh, so yes, I, did. I guess the the Batman... I didn't see it, but I know who Greg Frazier is. And he's like one of the like best cinematographers in the game. Um, he shot like... People are mad that that, that shot didn't Killing get nominated. Them, yeah, Killing Them Softly. Um, an amazing Andrew Dominic film. Um, I think he shot... Uh, maybe an M Night movie at one point or a Jordan Peele movie, but uh, anyways, he's just kind of very present and top notch in the game. And he shot the Batman, which I heard looks incredible, and that didn't get nominated. And even I guess Roger Deakin said something about it, uh, kind of like pretty crazy that it wasn't even in the category. So uh, I don't know. How did that movie yeah. look to you guys? It. It looked great. I mean, I liked the new Batman actually quite a bit. Um, I think I said this on the podcast recording with Matt around the time that we saw it, but um, the biggest sin about the Batman was that it was rated PG-13. I think it just should have been rated R. Um, but mm-hmm. it, in terms of the cinematography, it was really up there. It was, it was, in my opinion, the best-looking Batman movie and probably one of the best superhero movies, looking superhero movies that there's been. I agree. Um it does some really cool things with some of the night shots um, to create like a lot of mystery. It's I don't, producer Sam. I think I told you this. It's kind of like seven it, but superhero, but Batman, you know, so it's like a hard world yeah. detective story, but Batman's the detective. So they do this really cool stuff where it's like a lot of classic urban environments, like a lot of city stuff. But the way they do it is like, they kind of create this exaggerated version of a city. So whereas like Batman, when you're That's watching great. Chris Nolan's Batman, it's just, it's, it's Chicago right it's mm-hmm. just like upped a little bit but there's like very good chicago mm-hmm. scenery in it whereas in this new batman you're you're in a city that you don't quite know um because it's like done in this really interesting way where they digitally insert buildings or they like you know ha- you know have really interesting angles and it's really cool um so i'd recommend that you watch cool. it if not just for the cinematography um what was nominated for that category this year was all quiet elvis tar bardo our favorite and Empire of Light, Ooh. which I did not see. Yeah. Did you I see Empire see of Light? Either. It's got Roger okay, Deakins. That's a Deakins one. Yeah, that's Deakins. Did you catch that one, Chambers? <laughs> He's in the movie. No, I, I, He's that's just the, the only movie. cinematographer I recognize. So I was like, that that one should have won. Well, you should know Darius <laughs> Kanji, Chambers. So let's 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 fix that for My you. My bad. What else he got? You know, to, to be honest, I, um, I do think Uncut this probably Gems. should have gone to Darius Kanji. Yeah. Okay. He's dope. Uncut gems. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of more delicatessen. I think French movie. He's like French or Iranian, but yeah. Can't think of, uh, the city of lost children. My blueberry nights, which is a Wong Kar Wai film as well. Your favorite. Um, yeah, but, uh, and he did panic room as well. Okay. A lot of people. Oh, panic room is sick. Um, I think (laughs) love panic room. I, to, to be honest, now, producer Sam, this is a hot take. Do you think out of those that you've seen, Bardo did in fact have the best cinematography? Although we 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 don't like that movie. Out of the, I mean, I'm sorry. Can you say him again? Besides, uh, Empire of Light. Well, I guess you you didn't really see that many. It was All Quiet, Elvis, Tar, Bardo, and Empire of Light. 
I I only saw I only saw Tar. Yeah, I I have to see All Quiet because it it does look amazing. So I I think that Bardo cinematography is incredible, um, for sure. I, I like I I've said I think that Alejandro kind of still is getting some of the best like imagery, even though the movie s- suffers uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I think his images are beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I is it better than Tar? I, I, better, better, better cinematography than Tar? Yes, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I do really like the Elvis cinematography, uh, and I don't know, I don't know Tar. I don't know if I'd really put it up in here with these guys because Elvis is great, All Quiet's really awesome, and Bardo is really cool. Um, and I think Bardo is probably the strongest competitor out of all these ones that I've seen. Um, but you should check out All Quiet. I think you'd really, for some reason, I think you would specifically like it, Producer Sam, because it's like, it's just very like grim. It's kind of like Wait, you watched Russian it? Tarkovsky-ish. All Quiet on the Western Front? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know you watched it. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'd love it. Yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw yeah. some images from it and obviously the score won as well. I'm, I'm huge on scores, so I'm... I'm excited to watch it. The score is awesome in that movie. The score is really, really great. Um, okay, let's talk through. Well, we just kind of talked about score real quick. You did you see either of you see Babylon? Because that was nominated and allegedly snubbed here. No, I, I heard um, it was trash. I didn't watch it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just uh, yeah. I didn't literary. see Babylon either. I've just no. I I same same here. But I have a I had a good friend of mine. Uh, one of our Lucas and I's collaborators, Anthony, tell me that it was really good, um, and he's the only person who told me that it was good. But I'll, I'll, I'll always watch something that someone recommends to me. So I still yet to have a real opinion on it. But I did hear it was trash, mostly. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one you know that liked Elvis, so that that might tell you. I and that's cool. Is here. Okay, so I wanted to jump over to best supporting actor. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Kiwi Kwan wins for everything, everywhere, all at once. A probably as good of a Hollywood story as you can get. Um, like a actor who has really been out of Hollywood for a very long time as an actor, um, had an amazing comeback role in this movie. Fantastic, fantastic performance. Um, everybody loves the. I in another life, I would have loved to do laundry and taxes line, which he delivered legendarily in this performance. Um, he was great. Unfortunately. Producer Sam, he beat out our guy Barry Keegan. Oh, actually, Chambers, so you're a Barry Keegan. Upset. You're a Barry Keegan guy as well. I'm a, I'm I'm a Barry believer. Dunkirk, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dun- Dunkirk's a oh good my god, movie. Dunkirk okay. and the killing of a sacred deer in one year, amazing. Yeah, Dunkirk sucks though, so <laughs> we can uh, move on from that as soon as possible. I, I like I, I like killing of a sacred deer. I like killing of a. I I, I was talking one. to Chambers about that the other day. And uh, I think I think he likes it. I think he likes that movie. Yeah, I do. Oh, did you see it, Chambers? I just I, yeah, I saw it when it came out. Oh, I'm, tight, tight. I'm a I'm yeah, a yeah. fan. I just, of that I just watched it and I showed Lucas. Okay. Your ghost, dude. I, um, he's, I he's a genius. Followed. <laughs> I recently followed Barry Keegan on Instagram um, because producer Sam, you posted him on your Instagram story, and mm-hmm. he's so much better looking in real life than they make them in any movie. Dude, they, they're really good at making him ugly <laughs> as fuck in like every Dude, movie. he's su- he's such a good looking guy. He's like a way hotter Rex Orange Does County, he post right? like thirst trap pics? Like <laughs> stuff? Dude, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, Chambers, he's pretty follow cut. him right he's now. Cut. Uh, he's, he's super cut. He's like really good looking. Oh my God, dude. He's like, he's genuine heartthrob territory. I'm, I'm like really surprised. Yeah, and he you know, he doesn't have to be that good looking for like, like why has he got to be buff for any of his roles? What? What? He has no business doing that, <laughs> dude. Check check him out when you can. You know who I also really enjoyed. Um, I didn't see the Causeway, but I'm really glad that uh, Brian Tyree Henry was nominated, aka Paperboy from Atlanta. Um, Paperboy, Paperboy. Yeah, he's. I Paper mean, he's boy. amazing in Atlanta. It was really really cool to see him at the Oscars doing his thing. He looked great. He had a sick suit on. Did you see his suit, producer Sam? I did. Yes very swaggy dude he looked fly as hell yeah he looked swagged out in that suit um and then my own my only other comment here is i'm very confused about the judd hirsch 
Fableman's supporting actor nomination. That's an old person. I love that, that nomination. I love that. Well, I thought he was, he was in great. one scene in the Fableman's. He was in like he was in like one scene. I know. Man, he did. <laughs> it great. just didn't make any sense. Like I don't. Know. <laughs> I, don't I I thought that was very weird. It's weird to like like Barry Keegan or Brendan Gleeson are also considered supporting actors for this, and they're like really in their movie they're in like 80 percent of the movie that they're in judd hirsch is in like 10 percent of fableman's and he gets that nomination i don't know that's kind of crazy yeah he did he did a good job though did he not he did he did do a yeah. good job but he's in he did do a good job he, of course he has to do a good job <laughs> it's like it's like when the designated hitter like you're the designated hitter on your team like you got to get a hit Dion if you waiters Dion waiters dude. <laughs> exactly on waiters island um okay now let's talk uh real quick best actress uh sam you saw blonde tell us about anna de armas in blonde um so i saw blonde with our older brother uh shay williams vanderports uh who's in the dga shout to our older brother and he took me to see that movie and we love andrew dominic uh you know, killing them softly, and um, uh, the assassination of Jesse James, I think, are just classics at this point. Um, so we were really excited to see that movie, and that movie is, uh, you know, it's it's not the greatest. It's it's kind of um, kind of one of those movies that just kind of stabs you in the heart, and then just does it a hundred more times, maybe in the head a little bit too but uh honestly she's actually really good in it and it sucks because the movie is so like misogynistic and is just so distasteful that she just didn't get any recognition um but she is really good in it and i i could tell that that movie was just so hard to make so um i think anna de armas is great i think it was just i I think Andrew Dominic kind of has lost his mind at this point, but she did her job very well. <laughs> and, um, honestly, I thought it was one of the best scores too. in um, the, and Nick cave, uh, Nick cave. And I forget his, his collaborator, uh, they write scores together and it was one of my favorite of the year. And of course it's overshadowed by all the bullshit that, you know, kind of came with the movie. So, uh, yeah, I she wasn't going to win, but I, she definitely should have been nominated for sure, for sure. Mhm. I um I I'm finding that the blonde narrative is probably very similar to the Elvis narrative where a lot of people like the main lead, but they're not big fans of the movie. I heard that quite a bit about Blonde. Um and mm-hmm. Elvis is sort of on that wave a little bit too. I don't think that cuz I really enjoyed Elvis, but you know, if you ask your your average Elvis enjoyer, then they might say that. Um, yeah. Best actor. Let's jump to it real quick. The whale, uh, Brendan Fraser. This is also another comeback story stacked on top. Fuck. Yeah. Of this whole entire comeback story narrative that's going Chambers on. Chambers saw it. Now right? Chambers, you have, I saw it. Chambers has, Chambers has a fantasy football league team name called let's go Brendan. And it's Brendan Fraser theme. Yes. You want to talk about that? For <laughs> yeah. A second, Chambers? So yeah, my football team, it's done pretty well this year. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this is one of those movies where like the the performances were amazing, but like the movie itself was like just decent. And I I think that for, for me having seen this, and I, I saw I did see Banshees as well. I it could have gone either way, but Brendan Fraser did act his ass off in this um, to a, to a level that I hadn't seen him before. We generally know him as like the kind of like goofy himbo um guy when he was younger um and i i personally have never seen him take on a role like this and i think the w probably came a little bit of from like this would be a sick story but um it was a genuinely great performance um it i really like i forgot it was brendan fraser um for most of the movie and i mean it's awesome that he had a giant fat suit on but um, honestly, the, all the performance, <laughs> no, he gained all like, that weight, bro. He gained it all. 
<laughs> no, yeah. he didn't. A lot of it was actually digital too. So okay. he did like combination prosthetic fat suit. He gained weight. And then there was also a lot of digital prosthetics is what they called okay. it. But he like, so he, he's the only one that won from that movie. But uh, the girl that played his daughter in that performed amazingly. I, I think she deserved a nomination for supporting actress. And I know, I know Hong Chow who plays his friend in the whale. Um, she also killed it as well. I, th I think she honestly deserved the, the W for supporting actress. Yeah, man. I feel like there's a strong narrative this past year of like these kind of really eccentric, big, big artsy directors that got really, really great performances out of their leads. But like the movie fell a little bit flat. Cause it sounds like blonde that happened Sounds like the whale that happened for Darren Aronofsky, obviously being the director. And then Elvis, I fucking loved Elvis. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep going higher and higher <laughs> up that hill. But uh, it's like the same thing where a lot of people really loved Austin Butler in that movie, but they just weren't a big fan of the of the movie itself. So something's going on here, guys. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but something's That's going on. That's also just how all of Aronofsky's movies are. <laughs> You're not a Darren Aronofsky fan? Nah, he has the wrestler was a bop, but that's it. You don't like the fountain? I didn't watch that one. I'm just gonna Black Swan, Mother. Uh, no, Black Swan's Mother's ass. Cool. Mother's crazy. Black. Black Swan. <laughs> I saw that movie I on a date, a and I never went guy. on a second date. Requiem with a dream. Requiem with a dream is no. It it's overrated. It's overrated. Wow. Okay, Chambers. I'm glad you're a contributor on TFP because you're. We, we welcome the hot takes. That's great. Um, <laughs> so, wow. I actually, hang on. I got to pause on this for a second. I didn't realize that you were a Darren Aronofsky like truther here. This is kind of disappointing. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were a Darren Aronofsky stan. I don't know why I thought that. It just seemed like you're the kind of guy. Oh, bro. Do you get that a lot? I know. I mean, it's not <laughs> often people ask me on my opinion on him, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, what do you think of Darren Aronofsky? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just honestly, and I didn't even realize I was a hater of his until like this this year after I saw The Whale and I looked at his filmography and I was like, "Damn, a lot of these movies suck." And um, <laughs> I, so I, I haven't been a I haven't been like a a longtime hater, um, but he's I, he's I, no David Lowry. Let's put it that way. Definitely no David Lowry. You guys are huge David Lowry guys, <laughs> I know. I, I, Producer Sam, I had that same realization that Chambers had about something this year as well, where I was like, dude, I think I don't like, and I said like a name, I forget who it was, but I was like, dog. Lars von Trier. Should I even, yeah, yeah. I don't like Lars von Trier. That yeah. was, I'm a Lars von Trier truther. Chambers, I feel like you're probably on that wave too. I'm just going to go on a wild guess there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, who actually likes him, man? I don't know anybody that likes him. <laughs> He sucks. I don't know, dude. Yeah, his movies are just really hard to watch. Sure. I've literally really never like I couldn't even make it through I didn't make I made it halfway through Melancholia, I shut it off. I made it halfway through Nymphomaniac, shut it off. Um the only one and maybe this is like not a fair assessment because I haven't really finished the movies. I liked Antichrist, although this is going on. I'm going on the Lars von Trier tangent, but you know, just he hates women so much. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, he has yeah, homies so. with Bjork. Yeah. Though, he's a sad which man. Is cool. He's just a, he's just a sad boy. Yeah, he's just like I don't Definitely. know. It's kind of incel energy sometimes coming from his movies. Yeah, it's a little bit incel for sure, bro. For sure. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. I just hate incels. Is what I'm trying to say. That's fair. Okay, um, Lucas, I have a question for you. Go for it. <laughs> is uh, okay, so. Um, what's that guy's name? Elvis's Elvis actor, Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Okay, is he a shapeshifter? Cause he's like super hot, <laughs> dude. He's so. <laughs> is hot. he shapeshifting into like being like the hottest guy on earth? Or you dude, know what I'm, you know he, what I'm saying? He, he he might be. You know, he might be a shapeshifter because he <laughs> shapeshifted into a guy from from Memphis, Tennessee, somehow. Like he's literally from Anaheim and he's on the red carpet going really? like, man, Austin, how's it going? You know, I was excited to be here. He's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of work going on here. Everybody's just, it's just awesome seeing everybody here looking all good. 
I'm like, dog, you're from Anaheim. You're like 30 minutes from where I grew up. Anaheim. You should not sound like this. Yeah. So really weird. Um, I think he's a shapeshifter for that reason. I'm for it. I like it. I think he needs to lean more into it. Uh, there's like rumors that he may have method acted and he's just like still stuck for Elvis. What a loser. I don't know if that's just an excuse, um, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I think he just needs to keep being that guy. I encourage you guys yeah, to look up his Whatever, do your thing. Oh, shouts to uh, Paul Mescal too. He was in After Sun and he was amazing. He looked really fucking good and I think he's going to do some great stuff. Um, yeah. Another hot yeah, Irish dude. Suit. Just all these hot Irish actors. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, dude, it's the it's the Irish takeover going on with like four Irish four Irish actors were nominated, uh, which is really awesome. And then that movie, My Irish Goodbye, won uh, best like live action short, which is pretty cool. I didn't see it, but oh, yeah. great title. Yeah, who watches the shorts? <laughs> yeah, not not a lot of people do. And I also, hate I shorts. just looked up Paul Mis- Paul Mescal is even younger than me. That's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Oh, he's me. like twenty seven, right? Yeah, he's twenty seven. Dang, he looks young. he looks older. He looks like he's thirty something. You'll get there. So do you'll you. get there, Lucas. You'll be at the academy soon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, so, just final thoughts here. I just want to close it out with, um, you know, obviously with best picture here. Um, my main take. It's not a hot take. It's just that everything ever all at once is totally deserving of all of the praise that it's getting. That being said, I encourage everybody to watch all of the best picture nominees. I think you can skip Avatar and Top Gun. Top Gun's great, but it, you know what you're going to get. It's not going to blow you away. It's not going to do anything new. But something like Triangle of Sadness is going to is going to do something new for you. Um, something like Banshees is going to you know really hit you on a guttural, emotional, spiritual level. And Tar did something very new too. Uh, a lot of really cool things. Uh, the, I think everybody should just go out and really try and catch a lot of the Best Picture nominees. I think it was a fantastic year for the for just Best Picture itself. Um, there there really wasn't anything that really missed for me um, that I saw. But what are your guys' thoughts? Um, so I would say uh, I'm kind of um, in the same boat as you, Lucas. I think that if you love films... Uh, films are kind of back where they used to be before the pandemic and, um, you know, try to go out there and see a lot of these critically acclaimed films. They're very, very good. There's a lot of amazing new directors. And I think that, you know, a a lot of the older directors, um, from the nineties that we grew up in love, PTA, Tarantino, um, that era is now shifting into these newer directors, uh, uh, the Daniels, uh, Ari Aster, um, Martin McDonough, uh, Martin. Well, yeah, Martin McDonough. He's, he's, he's a little bit older, but yeah. And, uh, I, I, ju- I would David just say Lowry. that like before you pass ju- <laughs> David Lowry, of course, he's amazing. Um, before you pass judgment, just try to watch as many movies as you can and just be as open-minded as you can and look at the positives. Don't be a fucking hater, you know? <laughs> Unless you're hating on the best supporting actress uh, snub. Unless you're hating on Jamie Lee correct. Curtis, exactly. Yeah. I'm not hating on Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm hating on the, the snub itself is is what it is. It's like that, that Taylor Swift uh, Beyonce, like when Kanye, I'm gonna let you finish. In. Yeah. That's what the, that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll say, yeah, about these Oscars. Um, as far, I saw two movies that were nominated for best picture and everything everywhere all at once. It's going to end up being this movie where like when I have like a 15 year old, I'm going to be like, yo, this movie is sick. You should watch this. Um, and it's going to be like, <laughs> I think what Pulp Fiction was for like me when I was like 15. Um, those are very Ooh. different movies, but like hit in the same way of like, whoa, movies can like really be something else. And um, Banshees, definitely it's going to be one of those like real heads know about it. And if you have a Criterion subscription, you fuck with it. Um, but, <laughs> but it is really cool seeing like newer directors get 
recognition, it makes me feel like really optimistic about like film in the future um, with like, there's so much like young talent that's cropping up. Um, so I, it just, yeah, this Oscar season like makes me very excited for the next few years now that we're like back out of the pandemic and real movies are getting made again. 100%, 100% agree there. Yeah. All Agreed. right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, just wanted to do the quick plugs here. Anybody that wants to follow TFP, um, look up TFP Podcast. That's TFP Podcast with an S at the end on Instagram, Twitter, or really anywhere on social media. That includes TikTok. Um, feel free to visit our website. Thanks for playing live. Thanks for playing dot live. Uh, check it out. You can find links to all of our socials there, as well as some awesome written content. Uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be having a little bit more written content in the future. Um, producer Sam, as always, is our producer, uh, masters every single episode, has been on since the beginning, and made our theme song. Producer Sam, where could the good people find you online? Uh, you could find me on Instagram, at uh, SamLunaFilm. Uh, it's mainly my film photography, but um, if you'd like to reach out, uh, you can reach out to me on there. And Chambers, where can we find you online um you can find me on instagram at no.pistols and then you can also find me on discord uh all my all my game tags as uh, nutting in paris um run some games with me <laughs> love that you're gonna have to say that every single time uh, nutting in paris. you record with us by the way at nutting in paris yeah love it all right guys thanks for joining Ooh. us and we'll catch you next oscar season Thanks for Playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle.